Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Emerging Eve, where we will focus on unraveling the difficulties in the midst of our journey and move toward forward progress. This program is not meant to replace any form of therapy, and you are encouraged to seek out a mental health professional if necessary. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, if you have any questions or comments over us today, please feel free to um, call in at 646-929-0130, or you can send a message to the chat room, um, or, you, uh, or you can email me at emergingease at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in advertising, please email labachelor40 at gmail.com. So come on in and let's talk. All right. So today we're going to talk about what uh, what to do when you're thinking, hey, maybe I need therapy. Maybe I need to um, find someone to talk to, to bounce some things off of, to process some things in life. And then also we'll get into how to choose a therapist. I often encourage uh, many people to seek out therapy because therapy is is something to help, okay? Uh, not just to help, but to um, improve, okay? Therapy is not, the focus of therapy is not to change you in any way. It's to help you improve, get to another level of self. Now, before we jump in, I want to say to everyone out there that is a veteran, that is related to a veteran, uh, that is married to a veteran, thank you for your service. Our our country appreciates uh, your hard work, your dedication, and the energy that you've put in to um, whatever your position is or was in the U.S. military services. You're greatly appreciated. All right, so jumping into signs that um, or things to kind of look at to think, you know, how could therapy help me? Now, before we get into that, I want to give you just some info. Therapy is not meant to be lifelong. I know that many times on television, when you see therapy in process, you see a couch, you see this person sitting there in this big, huge sweater, um, looking, you know, kind of disconnected, just listening to this person lay on the couch and just talk about whatever comes to their mind. That is not therapy, okay? First of all, we don't encourage you to come in and lay down because we're not trying to have you over there snoozing. <laughs> and whatever falls out of your pockets into our couch, we don't want that. Um, also, sometimes people see therapy based on what they see in media, as something that is um, difficult or judgmental. So, therefore, the therapist present with a kind of judgy demeanor. That's not the focus of therapy either. Therapy, honestly, the focus has been to get to uh, short-term and to make it, and when I say short-term, some people come in for a few years, 
Uh, some people come in for a few months. Some people a few weeks. Depends on what your needs are and what uh, the intensity of the things that you need to process are, okay? Usually um, when a person comes in to therapy, they present with something, at least one thing, but there are many things that are under that one thing that, that put it forward. So it depends on all of what you have to process and to break down. Um, the role of a therapist also is not to give you advice to tell you how to live a better life. The role of the therapist is as a guide to help you get to what your best journey is. So, um, oh, I'm going to go to a therapist. They're going to tell me what to do. My life is going to get better. There's absolutely no way we as therapists or people in the mental health community can do that. Why? Because we're people too, <laughs> okay? We don't know what your um, life will hold. After this point, we don't know what challenges you face. So our job is as as guides to give you tools along the path, okay, that you can use throughout your journey. Now, in um, thinking about what what do I need to look at to say that therapy could be helpful for me, um, first and foremost, things that you used to do that were very enjoyable and fulfilling to you, maybe that's changed. Maybe you don't see that enjoyment anymore. Now, when when that's said, sometimes people will think, well, dang, I don't enjoy jogging like I used to, but I really, really love Zumba. Or I don't enjoy hanging out with a certain group of uh, family members anymore, but I really have this really close-knit friend, friendship circle. That's not what I'm speaking of necessarily. What I'm saying is the things that brought you joy, like maybe art, maybe dance, um, maybe certain social events you have absolutely no interest in anymore or they don't bring that type of joy and there is absolutely no replacement. Um, what that can uh, look at or bring concern to is possible depression, okay, and disconnection. Even life changes can cause that to happen and we don't realize it's happening until it's gotten so, we've disconnected so far from many things that brought us joy, and it seems like there's kind of like a, a bubble there that we can't find joy in other things. The reason joy in life is so important is because um, that is the thing that, that keeps our hopes going from day to day. When we do something and we find joy in it, we always look forward to the next time we get to experience that joy, time that hope within us grows. All of us as people do that. Um, another thing to consider is um, any habits that have become problematic, um, drinking, substance use, uh, prescription drug misuse, uh, gambling. And the thing when, when we say problematic, the thing to look at is you might not have a problem with the way you drink. But does your family have a problem with it? Does your employment have a problem with it? Do you have uh, substance abuse charges? Do you have um, drinking, uh, driving under the influence? Um, do you seem to disconnect from family, friends, children um, for the sake of going to gamble, going to consume alcohol, going to consume drugs? misuse of prescription drugs, do you find yourself lying? That's a big 
thing. And if you can be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I'm lying an awful lot. And I'm lying to cover up time that's missing. I'm lying to cover up money that's missing. I'm lying to um, cover up what someone may see. Like they may notice, then you got a lot of um, of um, bottles, empty bottles in your dumpster. Oh well, I threw a party, and knowing good and well, you haven't had anybody over in in almost a year because of COVID. So being mindful of things like that. Another thing to consider is uh, changes in your eating and your sleeping habits. With us as people, our eating and sleeping habits are very, very, very important because the amount of rest you get determines, um, in in many of us, the amount of and type of productivity we have throughout the day. What we eat also kind of dictates that too. Our eating also influences, just like our sleep, influences our mood. The better we eat, the better our bodies are able to process difficult situations and possibly difficult emotions. The worse we eat, the worse we're able to process those things, and therefore we hold on to things a lot longer. If you find that you sleep more, sometimes people say, oh, that may be a sign of depression. Actually, that can be a sign of a lot of things, even physical health concerns. I would encourage you to go get that checked out first. It's changing eating. Eating can be impacted by so many things. Eating can be impacted by stress. It can be impacted by changes in finances. Because as we all know, um, when we are, I always say in our young 20s, uh, and your your finances may not be as well off or as improved as they are in your, in your 30s or 40s, hey, ramen noodles with a piece of sliced cheese and a cut of hot dog was the business. I know it because I did it. <laughs> but if if it's a financial impact and you're saying, hey, all I have is $20 and i got to provide myself groceries for a week, that's one thing. But if you find you are always drawn to um, junk foods, uh, junk foods, and I say junk foods meaning highly processed, full of sugar, full of preservatives, those types of foods will not ever help your body heal. And we need to realize that every day we go through, our body is being torn down in some way, and so therefore there's always a rejuvenation process going on. Um, If you find that you don't feel like eating, even though, you know, you're usually a person that eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, but I don't really want to eat anymore, um, I, I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot to do. That can be a, a sign that, you know, you may need to speak to someone. You may need to. Another um, consideration is uh, changing relationships. If you are in or ending a relationship, and I don't just mean romantic, I mean family as well, friendship as well, uh, even work relationships. Sometimes it's hard to lose both, especially with um, some of the demands that we're facing as uh, people are being forced to either choose to take the vaccine or not, and their job depends on it. So we have to be mindful of the relationships that we've built with people. 
when there's a change in those relationships or you begin to feel like these relationships are toxic, what's going on? Find someone to speak to. Um, with with that, it it will also cause you to look at what your support system looks like. When you're starting to identify, you know, this person seems to bring toxic energy. First and foremost, look at self. Is there anything that you're doing that's really drawing that energy and therefore is drawing other toxic people to you because you have toxicity within? Or what has changed in that relationship to cause toxicity to come? Um, Sometimes we as people can meet people and we're at one level. And then as you progress, you realize those folks are not progressing with you. <clears throat> now, sometimes those people can still remain positive in your life as you progress and they stay on that level because you can always reach back and say, hey, I want you to come forward with me if if that's what their uh, journey is. Their journey may be a whole other path, uh, path, and therefore you all may be passing in your journey. Now, there's also those people that as you progress, they do everything they can to hold, grab a hold of you as a weight to hold you down. Those those interactions, especially if that person was um, had a positive connection with you in the past, those are the ones that we can see as hurtful, harmful, questionable. And then the thing is, how do you release from that without doing harm yourself? Because um, you wouldn't want to return their type of energy to them that they've given to you as far as their negative energy. Speaking to someone about that is is basically talking to someone as, as you continue to move forward in transition, and that is highly, highly appropriate because sometimes as you progress in life, you may have to start a whole new support system, a whole new level of connection. And I think it was Maya Angelou that said it, but my mom used to always tell me this, as well as my mom, ever be the smartest one in your circle. Always surround yourself with people that are forward-focused, okay? Not folks that are like, well, hey, I made it to this level and I'm kicking back. Always surround yourself with people that are always looking to move forward. And I don't mean move forward as in I'm trying to come up or I'm trying to hustle away but I'm actually putting things forward that are developing a foundation for this next step that I want to take, whatever that next step may be that's in a positive direction. And always surround yourself with people that you can learn from. They should be able to learn from you just like you can learn from them. Um, And I must say, in thinking about that and being mindful of that throughout my journey has been very helpful for me as a person So I can imagine how if you look back at the people that you were able to learn from and that were willing to learn from you, the growth that happens, the encouragement that happens, the support that happens. Um, Before I go any further, I want to go ahead and uh, make sure to let you know to listen this Friday from 5 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time when the featured artist will be Parliament Funkadelic. Um, also, every Sunday through Friday from 8 p.m. to midnight, 
listen to Whisper Softly on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you're interested in advertising on the show, make sure you email us at labachelor40 at gmail.com. All right. So um, back to what we were talking about as far as some things um, to think about when choosing, uh, preparing to choose to go speak to a therapist. Know also that if you just feel like you're stuck and nothing else has worked, go talk to somebody. Now, the thing with uh, going and finding someone to talk to, that is a very daunting task. Um, in the program that I went to for my master's, it was required that we, as students, go to a therapist so that we can have the experience of what it would be like to be a client if we'd never been to therapy before. I, myself, thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just go find some lady to talk to because I felt like I would be more comfortable speaking to a female as I'm female. And, you know, I'll just sit down, of course, on the couch and I'll just talk and she'll say how awesome I am and everything will be wonderful and I'll move on and get a good grade out of the class. Yeah, no. I went, I did find someone, just happenstance, I did literally any, many, mighty, mo. Um, found this lady, and when I say, I can't even say I found this lady, I feel like God was like, this one is the one you're going to get right here, because there, there was a lot of stuff I needed to get broken through. And in the first session of meeting with her, when I say I ugly cried and I apologized so so profusely at the end of this session because, I mean, she got the ugly, ugly, ugly cry. But I was just like, oh, my gosh. For one, I didn't know as a person how much I had bottled up and pushed to the back that I was carrying all this weight. But then also the fact that she was empathetic to hear exactly what I was needing to discuss not to hear the things that I, that I was bringing, because that's usually the cloud that we all bring in. You go into your first session in therapy and you come in with a cloud like, well, you know, these things here, and, you know, it's like the little bobbles that somebody has on the, on the uh, coffee table, and you talk about those little things, but we're not going to talk about all that stuff and then falls inspector that's growling and pushing and scratching at the door. And so when she was able to see past the cloud that I bought in, and to get to the real stuff, I, that's when I was like, this, this is where I want to help people get to. So in looking for a person to talk to, know that there's a psychiatrist, there's a psychologist, and then there's therapist. A psychiatrist is the one you go to if you anticipate you may need medication, okay? Talk to them. A psychologist is going to be the one. They're not doing medications, but they can do very in-depth assessments like psyche valves and everything like that for different types of possible uh, limitations or testing that may need to be done to see if there's any specific accommodations in life that can help you. A therapist, their focus is going to be helping you process your life. Now, therapists can work in conjunction with a psychologist or a psychiatrist. All three of those professions work together to help uh, for your benefit, okay? Now, the thing about medication is some people say, I don't ever want to take psych meds. 
No worries about that. There are many people that have concerns about it. At the very least, go talk to a therapist. If that therapist, after meeting with you for some time, feels that medication would be a possibility, even before medication, there can be all natural supplements that a psychiatrist can recommend for you. Um, they may do, and then if that does not work, then they may suggest you move forward to prescription medication. So think about all of that before. Um, at the very least, speak to a therapist. Now, in looking for a therapist, there is a place you can go online that's called Psychology uh, Today, and you can narrow down therapists in your area. You can look uh, at therapists that are men, that are uh, that identifies men, that identifies female, that identifies binary, um, that are of certain cultural backgrounds, any and everything you can think of, you can do that. Even um, their approach to therapy, you can look for that. Go on psych- it's all together, psychologytoday.com, and that can help you find a therapist. Look at the qualifications they have. Some people feel more comfortable with people closer to their age. Some people feel comfortable with people who are a little bit older. Totally up to you. When I tell you that finding a therapist is something that I would encourage you to invest a little bit of time into, at the very least, it's just like thinking about this is the rest of your life that you're facing, and you have an obstacle in front of you. You want to find the person that you can fit with that can help you overcome that obstacle to get to better parts of life, better parts of your journey. So look at um, what their qualifications are. Um, LPCs can work with with a full range of people. There are LCSWs. Um, there are LMFTs. Their, their approaches may be a little bit different. Um, but they are all professional and qualified to do therapy. So be mindful of that. Um, call around. After you pick maybe, I would say no more than five people, just not to overwhelm yourself, call and speak to them. Usually a therapist will, uh, and I'm going to clarify what I mean by usually, usually a therapist will speak to you on the phone and give you kind of a, a introduction of how they conduct therapy, how they do sessions, what their um, um, therapy system is like for them in their practice. Now, I say usually because therapists in this day and time of COVID have been so inundated with clients um, because now people, because of what COVID has done to our community, are being faced with, oh, my gosh, I'm working from home. I don't have anything cloud me from looking at me, and there's some stuff I want to fix within me and about me. There are some things I want to fix within my relationship. There are some things that I've been holding on to, and these weights are extra heavy when I don't have anything else to take my attention away from it, so I need to process this. So therapists are very, very inundated in the same time. I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you. Be patient when you reach out to therapists because sometimes they are not able to get your call right when you call. Give them at least 24 hours. 
Um, if you send an email, same thing, give them at least 24 hours to have a turnaround time to call you back. Also, be mindful that sometimes therapists are facing um, crisis situations. I've had several this just this past few months, and I'm when I say I, as a professional, have never seen such an intense need for mental health services as I have now. Um, people that will even just call and say, I don't feel like I can make it past this day. Um, I need to speak to someone or I need, you know, help in getting to some type of service, okay? So be mindful that all of these things therapists do face on a regular basis. And if a therapist is working on a crisis need, um, especially if you're not in crisis, just be mindful that that's something they need to address to make sure that everyone they come in contact with is having um, the most helpful, positive experience that they can. Um, Think about the reason why you're wanting to get therapy. If you're wanting to do, hey, I need to work on me, find a therapist that in their bio, because on Psychology Today, they have bios. Everyone has a bio. And read them. See, see what it says to you. See how it speaks to you. And if that's the kind of person that you feel like, okay, this is a person I could work with. Even in, let's say you begin to go to sessions, and the first session you feel awkward, hey, everybody does. That first session is horribly awkward. I I can tell you from my own personal experience, it's awkward because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know, like, is this person judging me? And, of course, we're not supposed to be in judgment. But after the second or third session, if you do not feel a connection, then give give yourself the opportunity to say, prefer not to continue. I want to find someone else. As therapists, we totally understand. Because it's your journey, it is very important that you get what you need. So then, therefore, go seek someone else. Don't don't just say, well, hey, I'll just figure it out. Seek someone else. Just because one person uh, was not a match in the therapy relationship with you does not mean someone else won't be. Because it's kind of like this. If you've been in a, a relationship, you dated someone, let's say, you know, everyone had somebody they may have dated in high school or had a crush on, and it didn't work. Did you just say, oh, my gosh, forget this, I'm not doing it again? You said it, but you didn't stick with it. You dated some more. You had some more life experiences. You may have gotten married. You may have even gotten divorced. You may have gotten remarried. So if you don't give up on that, then don't give up on yourself when it comes to your mental health, your mental stability. Um, in addition to all of that, I want you to think of the person that can speak to you on your level. A therapist should never, ever, ever speak to you in such a way that you feel belittled, degraded, or anything like that. Think of um, if you were sitting and talking to a friend, that is what that interaction with the therapist should be. Someone I can trust. I know they're by law by their uh, ethics, um, by their disclosure to to you as the client, they're not going to be out there talking about, let me tell you what blah, blah, blah said about da, 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 da. That's not going to happen. That should not happen. Now, the other thing is 
a person that's able to fit into your schedule. Many therapists, because of COVID, have uh, opened up, and it's really been a blessing, and I'm thankful to the board that have opened uh, to say this is a, a need for virtual therapy. Uh, we've been saying that for a while now, but and I hate that COVID had to bring it about, but I'm glad that it's here because so many people have a anxiety or a fear of going to someplace. Who's going to see me going into this office? What are they going to say if they see me going into this office? But when you can turn that your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever on at any point and connect with the person saying, I'm here to hear you, to help you process, to help you refocus, and to help you move forward, that is amazing. So I encourage you to look at um, their availability, for one, and then how they offer service, either through virtual or uh, in office or even a mix of both. Maybe at times they'll say, hey, you know, if you want, you can come into the office. If not, we can do a virtual session, whatever it is. So be mindful of all of that. I encourage you, whatever it is that may be challenging you, please, please, please seek out professional assistance. During this time of going into the holidays, especially we've been dealing with COVID for uh, a little over, what, a year and a half, almost two now, um, seek out the help that you need. It's okay. We all need help at some point. Even therapists meet with therapists at times. Trust me, it happens. All right, so I want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope that today's discussion has been and will continue to be helpful uh, to you in your life's journey, you've been listening to Emerging Ease with Keisha on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you for taking such a time as this to participate in your personal improvement with Emerging Ease. I'm Keisha, your host. Remember that in everything, there's an opportunity to learn and grow. If you are experiencing a difficult time, please reach out to the National Crisis Prevention Hotline at one 800 273-8255 and I look forward to hearing from you next week on Emerging Ease with Keisha.